welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here as always with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. Vic, how's it going? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's doing, uh, I'm doing just fine. I am here back to report to you on my trip outside the Beltway. Oh, uh, where yes. did you go? To Lake Leesburg? I, <laughs> yeah, Annandale, you know, which is just outside the Beltway. No, went up to New Jersey. I went up oh, to see my, my my dad and my sister and her family up in Tom's River. And how are the how's to, real America I feeling? Want, let me tell you about let, let me tell you about real America. I went as you can see. I went to the barber, my dad's barber, who is getting up there in age, but as feisty as ever. And I asked him what he thought about you know twenty twenty four and everything. DeSantis is fine. Okay, DeSantis is fine, but his big concern is. How much money is DeSantis getting from McConnell? Because as you know, McConnell is getting his money from China. So you don't want to be in hawk okay. to okay. the Chai Coms. Okay. And so that's just a big concern about his connection to McConnell. Because anything connected to McConnell is bad news. Right. Now, obviously, Trump can get it done. And of course, he won the last election, but stolen, as you know, if you watch 2,000 Mules. And well, you know, we can't let this happen again. And Chris Christie, why waste your time? That's okay. that's just from my, the barber. Interesting. The barber interesting. says this. Now here's the funny thing. It is interesting that there's not even a, a reception for Chris Christie in New not Jersey. Not even in New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey's brutal. Y'all are y'all are it brutal. It is. It is. They're merciless. <laughs> and it's also I got such a kick because here, as you know, in Arlington County, you see all these signs for the upcoming Democratic primary, and it's just Democrat this, Democrat this. There was that one guy who's running for the state senate. And he puts his face on the poster here in Arlington County. And I forget his name, but he's just this sort of older, slightly heavier set white guy Mm -hmm. and his name. And underneath it, all it says is Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Because, you know, the other Democratic candidates, they don't feel that way. Right, right, right. You know, but and it's just and it's just so the pandering. I mean, it's just naked pandering. Like, you should just put another picture under the bottom, which is like all the signs he has in his yard. Yeah, no, that's all the signs and flags. No home for no, no place for hate. No yeah. place for hate. Yeah. Rainbow in, flag. In, in Tom's River, now they have their upcoming Republican primary in this like bizarro Arlington County uh-huh. where every sign is trying to do the other signs about who's more Republican. And the <laughs> word Republican is out there. My blue line is the thinnest well, apparently, of blue lines. No, and apparently, you know, there's like different columns for this. So they're like, vote column A, Republican. Vote column B, Republican. And there's just oh, a mix of these great different you know there are different slates yeah. for your select men and for your assembly and all the freeholders and things like that your sanitation the, sanit- the usual very important a lot of the a lot of familiar names since i was there i, ima- I imagine <laughs> that it's their children that are now running it right, can't be the right. same people from the 80s but a lot of the same names and then you know the further you go like you know column c is like you know we will you know secession you know column c. i voted for column d which is martial law <laughs> that's 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 what I did. Okay, so that's that's what's going on with me. It's good how, times. How are you? I'm good. We had a good weekend. We headed out. We've, we've started summer now. My kids are out of school. Oh, nice. And uh, or not nice. No. So I'm on the nice side of oh. the of the opinion on summer okay. break. Summer is my favorite season. I love ha- hanging out with my kids. I love having more time to hang out with them, just to do more things, be mm-hmm. outside take some lessons, do some camps. Like, you know, we just, it just, I enjoy flexibility, right? As you know, as my personality type. So that's fun. And I took all four of them out to Mount Vernon. Because the thing about any number of children, I'll tell this to all of you guys, if you're expecting or if you're 
if you're going from one to two, if you're going to two to three, you have to practice. You need reps with all your kids or you're going to remain scared to take them out in public. So I went out, I went out with all four kids by myself to Mount Vernon. Now, I had backup once I got there because I was meeting Carol of the New York Post. Carol Markowitz was in town with her family. Oh, lovely. And we always meet up with them actually at Mount Vernon every time she's in town. So we go out there and I bring all the kids. We got two strollers. I got two older kids to help me with the two strollers. Do you find Carol in one of the cottages churning butter? (laughs) I'm just just imagining these. Well, we got to practice that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for when the EMP hits. (laughs) So, So we do that. We make some... You know, some uh, some rock gut. Right, right. And, and the kids are at the loom. Yes. Right. <laughs> anyway, we take everybody out there. And we always go out to the, what is George Washington's backyard. Yeah, it's lovely. And George Washington's backyard is famously beautiful because there is nothing obstructing the view. The view basically hasn't changed since his time. Yeah. Is it correct that someone bought the land on the other side of the Potomac to create a situation? Oh, that's interesting. Where it, I, I, I didn't know because you do. It has that real wonderful sort of bucolic feel yes. that you're back in late 1700s. Yes. And you know? we can fact check this. So don't totally quote me, but I believe there was there was a lot done to make sure that this view was maintained. Right. And so you go out there and George Washington has done some things to maintain the view. He has what I'm going to call an infinity yard, which means <laughs> he wanted to keep he wanted to keep things beautiful and he wanted to keep the livestock from wandering into his view right yes or for coming and you know hanging out on the lawn so what he did is he created invisible retaining walls they're called ha-has because ha-ha when you see what's going on there so and you you know how an infinity pool your your view just looks like it goes out beyond that same with these walls where it'll go you know 20 yards from you there will be a little row of bricks but you can't tell it's a wall on the other side of that wall it goes four feet down so that the wildlife well, can't come it this is, way. It is an actual, like, infinity. Yes. Field. It's an infinity it's yard. Amazing. Yeah. Well, he's an in- well, he was. Ingenuity. Yes. At George Washington's place. Point being, while I'm out there, my toddler goes wandering. And I am fine with this because she's quite situationally aware. She's very stable. She's pretty athletic. I'm like, I'm not super worried about her. And there's a lot of field out here to wander in. Yes. And then I notice, as I'm getting the, the baby settled... I notice out of the corner of my eye that there's a lot of teenagers in a tour group making some fuss over here, and one of them is running toward my daughter. And I can't figure out why that would be. I'm like, okay. why are they making such a big deal? I think I and know, I, but I'm going to let you tell the story. So I get, I I start hustling over there trying to figure out what uh-huh. the heck is the problem. I start hustling over there, grab her, or he intercepts her first, the teenager, and then I get to her and realize she is heading toward this precipice that's four feet down now oh my gosh (laughs) would she have realized it i think eh, 70 percent chance she would have and not gone over however i had no idea that that was not just a row of bricks because of the infinity because it was an illusion yes it was an optical illusion i was on the other side of her the group of teenagers was on a different side and had an angle on her where they could tell what she was headed for so this heroic young man swoops in Saves the toddler. I get there and go, I was like, I was like walking toward them like, oh, it's no big deal. And then I get there. I was like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. And he was a big hero with all, not, not just with me, but with the group of teenage girls who, who watched him save the toddler. Well, so congrats lucky, to him. Lucky him. <laughs> that, that, that's how you roll, though. I, I thought you were going to say that the, the toddler was heading towards the river. 
no, but no, no. the drop itself. No, because the drop... I remember the river because it does go down like where the river is. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of space, but eventually. Yes. It's sort of a steep drop off. It is. So you got to be it you got to be a little mindful. I was not mindful enough. And then by the way, then you go to the other side of the haha wall mm-hmm. and it explains what a haha wall is. And I, and I said, well, maybe we could put that sign on, on this, this side, side of the But it would ruin but then it would ruin <laughs> the effect. Exactly. exactly. I actually I actually stayed once overnight at Mount Vernon. That was Did exciting. you really? Yes, I was part I of it. A... Do... I, I have done that at Montpelier oh, before, but not okay. at Mount Vernon. At Mount Vernon, I was part of the Distilled Spirits Council bourbon trail trip. Love it. It started with George Washington, and then we flew out to Louisville. But in, because if you go down the road- Tough life that Vic lives. It was, I, did, I got gout on that trip. There's I mean, I no bet surprise. I'm not surprised. Well, but it's because you started with George Washington. It is. It is. And if you, you, go down, you go down that road, the distillery is there. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, they sell like batches of it and they make a big to do about it. But it's a lot of fun, even if you just go to see about how they, because he made, he made, he did, he own. made the legit stuff. Mostly and they, white whiskeys. They at the recreated time, but... the white whiskey that yes. he made out of his original recipe. Yeah, yeah. It does not taste good. Well, there's no time. To, yeah. I mean, it's basically <laughs> moonshine because there's no time to waste. You know, they love yeah. to call it they, like that from like several years ago, that became a thing. White whiskey. Yeah. When you're just like unaged. Yes. You know, it yes. should be brown, but. Anyway, it should be brown. Uh, well, good for you. Anyway, everybody came out unscathed. And so now I know about the ha-has and I will be careful with the toddlers in the future. The so, ha-has. You know, it's all, you got to get your reps in. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. All right. Did they do the hay ride or no? No, we just kept it chill. Okay. We, we, mm-hmm. we sat on the lawn. We let the kids run around. It was nice. Easy peasy. Nice. All righty. We got news. We got news. Oh boy. We got a little bit on some COVID dead enders, but before we get to that, you know I love to talk about COVID dead enders. The new CDC pick, a gem. So we're going to get to that. But before that, I think we need to talk about this epic piece. And I mean epic as in just really super long. It's 15,000 words. Is it actually 15,000? That's what they said. That's what the people are saying. Mm -hmm. Now I read, first of all, I'd I'd like a badge because I read all the words. Oh. I read all of them, Vic. You know, I would say I'm above average invested in this because oh, I was sure. at CNN. Sure. I don't generally love media gossip as a genre. That's not really my thing. But I do think that this, the CNN situation is indicative of larger issues in the news yeah. world. And so I think it's worth talking about for that reason. Did you peek at this Atlantic piece about Chris Licht, the now CEO of CNN, the guy who followed mm-hmm. Zucker? Like you said, it's many thousands of words, and it's about sort of his inability, having diagnosed what he thought was the issue with CNN, his inability to do, to enact change. Right. This is the piece by Tim Alberta. Yes. No. <laughs> I read the Cliff's Notes version because okay. what happens in this- Look, you can be forgiven for that. Thank you, because we here back inside the Beltway can get so absorbed in this world. <laughs> like, I don't know- Outside, how much people care about Chris Licht, but here inside, yeah. not only do we have a 15,000 word by Tim Alberta on Chris Licht, but then we have the Vanity Fair oh, piece we got follow-ups. about the Atlantic piece about Chris Licht. And then there's a and Washington the reaction. Yeah, the reaction the and I see that there's a Washington Post piece about it as well. Right. So everybody's jumping on the piece that's jumping on Chris Licht. I would like to do a piece about the Vanity Fair piece, about the Atlantic piece, mm-hmm. about Chris Lake. That's what I would like to do. Sort I mean, of it'll triple impact. Honestly, I'm thinking about putting that on the Substack. It's gonna have it's gonna have legs, Vic. Well, okay. So, the gist of it for me was 
Chris Licht, who I don't believe you overlapped with or sort of... Just barely. Just barely. Probably had not, not much interaction. Zero. Zero. Yeah. My, the gist of that piece for me was that he has a problem relating to people or he's not good at communicating. And I want to get, obviously, your thoughts on this because for me, all I could think of is when I read these pieces, I put myself in this position and I realize, one, management is hard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, you, you know, you can read all the manage books, management books you want, but most of it is just learned on the job. And yeah. one of the other things you can do is seek out counsel from other managers and either you take their advice or you do the exact opposite if you don't like what they did. But you don't have to learn. You don't have to know all things all the time. All you have to do is hire the right people who do know everything about certain subjects so you don't have to. That's the right. whole point about this. And what I would bring to the table is emotional intelligence. So what yes. I'm telling you right now, Mary Catherine, is I'm up. Yeah, I am, okay. I am making my. I'm availing myself to be the next CEO. That's president of. That's, first of all, that's very generous yeah. of you. I am not a management person, partly because I don't have the executive function to barely tell my children what to do. Well, I was going to uh, say you're a manager of sorts. An entire manager. yeah, no, but that o- that is overwhelming in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me. I think you're right that the management style is an issue here, clearly. But he's been a showrunner. He was a showrunner at Stephen Colbert's. That's right. He uh, Joe too. He created the Morning Joe concept and like, and that whole Mm -hmm. little group, and which is one of the most, regardless of what you think of that show, which I I find interesting, even when I think they're being crazy, it has chemistry. They gelled as a group. It's a little too much gelling sometimes, but the hair is amazing. Anyway, I'm not talking about Mika either. But <laughs> anyway, so he's done that kind of thing before. What struck me about this piece, and I'm going to read a couple quotes, is how much I completely agree with Chris Licht about diagnosing the problem okay. at CNN. So he's asked about the mission in reforming CNN journalism, being trusted. Everyone has an agenda trying to shape events or shape thought. There has to be a source of absolute truth, he told me. There's good actors. There's bad actors. There's a lot of shit in the world. There has to be something that you're able to look at and go, they have no agenda other than the truth. Okay, not a bad start. Then we have, he's talking about CNN's indignation and its coverage of various things. When everything is an 11, on a scale of 10, Licht said, it means that when there's something really awful happening, we're kind of numb to it. That was a strategy, and I felt like the media was falling for that strategy. Right or wrong, I'm not saying Trump is a good guy. He's definitely not, Licht said. But like, that was the mission. Sometimes something should be an 11. Sometimes it should be a two. Sometimes it should be a zero. Everything can't be an 11 because it happens to come from someone you have a visceral hatred for. I believe I've said exactly this yeah. before. Maybe on air at CNN, actually. Well, you get diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about uh, people not appreciating this mission and sort of thinking that his mission is just to push CNN to the right. And he says, you have a certain segment of society that has had an unfettered megaphone to the leading journalistic organization in the world. He means the left. And at the slightest hint that that organization may not be just taking things that are fed to them from that segment of the population, it must be that a fascist is running the network and he wants to move it to the right. The fact that I want to give space to the argument that this thing everyone agrees with might not, might be not right doesn't make me a fascist right-winger who's trying to steal Fox viewers. <laughs> yeah, that's I pretty like, good. Like these these things are correct. Yeah. And he's very about, and Fox does this too, but on CNN, you know, 
on the hour, it's almost inevitably breaking news. Right. Breaking news used to be a big thing. Well, everyone's like so, a little guilty of this, right? right? Or, or right, a lot right, right. guilty of it. He's trying to get your attention, but everything, again, like he says, everything's in 11. So then you start, you know, losing attention. I like the bit, by the way, where I guess Tim Alberta is interviewing him while he's with his trainer at the gym. Yeah, no, I... I want to do a separate conversation about oh, okay. that. Can we, can yeah, we, sure, sure, sure. Can we we'll, put a, we'll, we'll table that one. Can yeah, we put yeah. a pin in that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Because <laughs> I do want to get to that. But I first want to say that I think he's correct about what went wrong. But it seems very clear in this piece that he came in thinking that he could fix what went wrong very quickly and easily, yeah. I guess. And I don't see how, I never saw how that was possible, even if I, I was on board with the vision. Not that it matters, I'm not there, and nobody called me to try to keep me there. So <laughs> I was on board with the vision, but this is a place that has made its bones being yeah. the opposite of that. Yeah. And here's the tricky part they've been the drama queens that he describes here, but they think that they're a straight news organization saving democracy. So that's a real tricky place to be because a lot of the talent believes that. Now, I, like again, I think he's pointing to the right things. He says that the model would be the lead with Jake Tapper, which is like a sober, smart news show mm -hmm. that's giving people things that they can trust, right? I, I think that's correct. But how do you convince everybody yeah. that your critique is correct? You have to engage with those people yeah. and convince them, right? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like almost any of that happened. No, I mean, obviously, there are people on the left who were let go who feel very strongly yeah. about Chris Licht, including Brian Stelter. Yeah. But I have, you know, I mean, but I have sort of mixed feelings about the people he let go, the people he kept on. And there are people he let go, like you and others who we know, who I feel it was a bad idea to let them go. You know, well, and this is Our the friend Mike Warren. Yeah, you know? this is the interesting thing is that to me, would make perfect sense for you guys to be Well, there. this is the thing. And with very little effort, yeah. we probably still would be there. Yeah. Not that I'm like the most important feature of this situation. However, it's emblematic of the fact that he wasn't, he doesn't seem to be engaging with trying yeah. to make the argument right. here. While he's also arguing mm -hmm. that America needs to be making arguments to each other right. and not just having a freak out, which I agree with. He also says, we're not an advocacy network. And if you want to work for an advocacy network, there are other places to go. You can find any flavor of advocacy advocacy in a news organization that suits your needs. We are providing something different. And when the shit hits the fan in this world, you're not going to have time for that advocacy anymore. You need an unbiased source of truth. I mean, the truth is you do have time for that advocacy because that's what happened for the entirety of COVID and the entirety of the Trump years when yep. they told us that we were in an emergency, right? And in many cases, we were at, at various times. COVID certainly was like an emergency for a while there. Like a permanent state of emergency. Well, yeah. No, the, the, the question is, how much should it have been an emergency? Right. There's another part here where he's talking to some folks, and a, I, believe a, I believe it was a student of Frank Luntz's who asks him about the COVID death numbers. Oh, right. And she or he says to him, well, these are just facts. Like, we know how many people died of COVID. And he stops her and he says, we don't actually know. And the problem is that nobody could have a conversation about which of those deaths were COVID mm -hmm. deaths and which had been coded as COVID deaths and which were things yeah. with comorbidities. And I was like, ooh, yeah. he's going to get in trouble for that one. Yeah. But he's right. I do wonder, because of all this, and he had to issue this sort of inter-office apology right. after the Atlantic pieces come out because he says, you know, the news is, we're not supposed to be the news. Right. Right. And he, of course, is now the center of the news because of this piece. But he allowed this 
he allowed Tim Alberta to interview him at length. Well, and this is the hubris again, right? Yeah. It's it, excess is one thing, and I do I think I think journalists talking about journalism to other journalists actually is important because mm-hmm. even though yes, it's navel gazing, and I'm navel gazing right now. <laughs> They have to be accountable as well. Yeah, and yeah. that's the part that's yeah. missing yeah. often is there's no introspection. So I appreciate that he's accessible, but I think the accessible came with an idea that this was going to be glowing. And by the way, you know, who wasn't interviewed was Zucker, who's seemingly leaking mm. stuff about Licht from behind the scenes oh, yeah. instead of oh, easily. instead of having discussions in the open, which sure. is what journalists want everyone to do. Allegedly, they don't hold themselves to the same standard. And his bosses at Discovery Institute, of course, offered no comment. Do you think his time is going to be up soon? Because they did bring in a new COO, right? You know, and the way it was described as you know a, a, an adult in the room, yeah, that's never a good description. No, of it's not great because of what it implies. Well, and like, look, I think that a lot of this is again, I'm not a manager of a giant news company, right? And I am sympathetic to Licht because what I think is that the brand was tarnished so badly during the Zucker years that mm-hmm. it is, if it is to be rehabilitated, it will take a very long time. Yeah. Now. The problem is in that is that in implementing whatever it is that he wants to implement, and like I said, some of the changes I think have been good. There's plenty of foreseeable pitfalls that, yeah. to my mind, like how do you let that happen? Again, he's been a he's been a showrunner. He's created morning shows. He's created perhaps the best political morning show. Now, it's, I don't think it's in its heyday, but it for a while there it was the best, yeah. right? And then we create Don Lemon, Caitlin Collins, and Poppy Harlow, and it seems to be from this idea that they were from red red state midwestern mm-hmm. and southern states mm-hmm. and that that would say something to viewers about how we were giving the time of day to, to republicans and to that flyover country but it doesn't cut it and i was amazed to read in this because i went in that when that show debuted i was like do you think the chemistry tested these three and it no. turns out like i guess they didn't no particularly don lemon and caitlin collins and apparently right. he would yell at her and she cried supposedly it's just That's it's not, not great i did enjoy the moment where licked is in the control room and lemon appears on set in a rehearsal with like a fur lined coat <laughs> and he's like what the f is he wearing <laughs> all right so what those, about those two didn't get along it's no. fairly clear anyway okay so you want to talk about the workout the, the, yes okay <laughs> it's interesting because i have never thought this but you know for someone like him it's interesting what's going on in his mind which is he is in the gym not only does he compare himself you know mentally or professionally with Jeff Zucker, but he was comparing himself physically right. to Jeff Zucker because this, he's doing what seems to be some sort of a deadlift. It's it's the bar without the weights yeah, on let, the side. Let's, let's talk about it. like let's, a squat. Let's dig into this. And he, he picks it up and he says... He says... Well, go ahead. You could t- say what he says. Zucker couldn't do this shit. Right. <laughs> and I, to which I said, it's weird that Licht and I have the same weightlifting mantra. Uh, that's right. It's like the same thing. That's good. Yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah, every time. That's how. That's what gets you to you know press until you're going in negative. Zucker, you know, Zucker can't like, do that uh-huh. shit. Doing your supersets. <laughs> yeah. So, one, I think this is a, a symptom of the fact that, and again, I know I'm navel gazing too. I'm guilty as well. This is a symptom of the fact that we are all but players on the stage of a bunch of New York millionaires. Yeah. Nick measuring contest. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is yeah. what we are. Whether it's Trump. And Zucker, whether it's Trump and Licht, or Zaslav and Licht, who's Mm -hmm. Licht's boss, like uh, Mm -hmm. it's all this like apparently very pissing match drama Mm -hmm. between these particular men 
who as have control over entire journalistic endeavors. As it has always been. Yeah. I remember the story of Donald Rumsfeld. I believe he was going to the Munich Security Conference where he said out loud, I got the biggest one here. That's what he said. <laughs> so, okay, I want to dig into this a little bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because Jane Coaston and I oh. of the New York Times, yes. she and I had a discussion on Twitter. And she said the thing that I didn't want to say. First, I want to say, this is the thing I do want to say. Sounds like he took charge of his health. He went from 226 to 178 pounds. He's working out. He like let his weight get out of control and wanted to get it back under control. So he Great. has like a, he has people helping him with this. Yes, He's yes. not doing this. Because like, I'm doing it alone. I don't know if you know this. I don't have staffers for this. I almost hit 226 while I was pregnant. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> so I applaud him for like getting all that under control. But Jane says to me, because she lifts and is an athlete and she's into sports, and she says, is it, is it just the bar? Yes. And one, Tim Alberta, it's a bar, not a yeah. pole. Yeah, I know. He's saying it's a pole. It's like clearly it's he, a has metal not, pole. It's a bar. he has not used it to it's do a called, squat. It's called a bar. Yeah. Now, I am willing to be corrected if there's some other weird exercise he's doing, okay? But I think it's a bar. And if it's the bar, bar weighs 45 pounds. Yes. And if I were licked... He's very, he's very attuned to critical media about himself. This is one of the things that comes what through. Is, is he in his 50s? Not Late 40s, 40s, early oh 50s, gosh. I think. I don't know. But if someone reported on me lifting only the bar and I had weight on either side, I would demand a correction. I'd be like, look, I know this means I'm vain. I don't care. You need to append a correction mm-hmm. to this piece about how I was not just struggling with the 45-pound bar. So that's my first question. Second of all, support for the idea that it is just a bar Alberta also refers, you know, when you push a sled in CrossFit, the weighted sled? Yes. He refers to that as a sleigh. So I think he's just got... <laughs> yeah. His gym terminology yeah. might be off, but I do, as soon as I read that description, all I could think of is at the gym, mm-hmm. it's the long bar, the, yeah. the long silver, Yeah, it's not silver, metal bar, and it's usually on a rack. Yes. And you could put, you know, so you can Look. use it, you could use it for bench, or you can put it behind right, you can your back neck. back squat it, right? Yeah, and back squat Maybe... Maybe he's doing low weight, high reps, you know, he's, it, he doesn't want yeah. to bulk up. He no, just wants to be toned. You know a, what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And it depends on what he's doing with it. Is he just doing a sort of a deadlift? Or, all I can think of is there is a fantastic documentary about William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal during the 1968 conventions, right? They battle back and forth. Yeah. I forget the name. It's a fantastic documentary. But there is a clip in that documentary of Gore Vidal on a bench and he's doing like uh, using these dumbbells. Right. The dumbbells look like they're about five pounds each. You know, it's like the ones that like the old ladies use sometimes. Maybe they're made of something really I, dense. Well, you know, to look at Gore Vidal. It looked believable, and it was like, oh, that's my workout. What was the document? Is Gore Vidal and who? William F. Buckley. Oh yeah, of course. I was just looking it up for you mm-hmm. so that our oh thank you friends can know best of enemies. Yeah, best of enemies. Oh, really, really good. Can check that out. Okay. Along with the weights. Yes, anyway, you'll see that clip. It's anyway, something. that's uh. A little bit of a divergence okay. with the discussion mm-hmm. of the weights, but I just needed, I needed to work through that, okay? okay. I needed to work through that. <laughs> now, do we think CNN is coming back? Uh, I, don't, like, I don't know if Licht is sticking around. It sounds like they're going to try to do this team-up thing. Well, it's funny because in that memo he sent to staff, he said he felt bad because the attention was drawn away. It was, was on him right. and away from particularly the amazing stuff they were doing just now. And I thought to myself, well, what stuff was that? I don't remember. Well, again, foreseeable problems like with the town hall with Trump, yeah. right? And there's reporting here that says 
he knew that oh, crowd was sure. going to be very Trumpy, and yeah, I'm like, that was intentional, right? And I'm like, I, I don't know how they thought that would go well. And mm-hmm. the baggage isn't from Licked, and it's not from Kate, Caitlin Collins. The baggage is the brands, and Zucker mm-hmm. gave the brand that baggage. Yeah. But you have to know that that's happening when you come in. Anyway, in the and end, you, it, it, in the go end, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's it's just bad form if you are running this network and you do something like this town hall that seems to have backfired internally and your own employees are bad-mouthing you yeah. on the air. Yeah. It's just not it's not a it's good not situation. Good. So I don't know. He says he's only half done. We're doing it, trying to do what he wants to do. Right? Well, it's been 10 months, and they said they, that Zaslav and he thought it would take two years, and I would say it takes more than that. And he's, he notes in here it's very, as, it, as we know with anything, person or brand, it's yeah. very hard to build trust, and it takes a long period of time and a lot of good behavior. Right. And just a little bit of bad behavior will take you down. Now, CNN, to my mind, did a lot of bad behavior yeah. over many years. By the way, they're spared entirely from the Russiagate and being wrong about that in this piece. Yeah. There's nothing about that. But in the end, I think what happened is Zucker took away the boring and trusted brand, right? When there was a big news story, people would tune right. in, but they were trying to figure out, well, how do we keep them after that news story? Zucker went to, okay, well, Trump is our, he's basically the carbs of news consumption, right? We're just going to get a giant sugar rush out of this guy every time we put him on. And that will work. And it did in the short term, but at what cost? Which is that like, you know, if you're eating nothing but carbs and sugar, that's going to be a problem for you. And then you only maybe lift in 45 pounds. So you got to, you got to do that. You got to do the other stuff too. This guy comes in and tries to change the diet immediately. And everybody's rejecting the diet. So what you end up with is they were sort of like boring and trusted. Now they're untrusted, but also boring again. Yeah. And that doesn't make no, it's viewers. like the worst, of, the worst of both worlds. <laughs> it's generally a good thing, by the way, if you are coming into a new situation or taking over a new outfit for the first month or two, not to do anything. Yeah. And just talk to everybody. You know, I hate to say it's like the Bob's discussion in office space, but you do want to ask what. What do you do? Yeah. And then after two or three months, then you can make those decisions. But it's generally a good idea just yeah, like not I'm, to make I'm, anything rash. I'm learning do and not, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening. Don't do anything rash. And, and then th- off with their heads. Well, that's right. You could fire away if you want. <laughs> then you tell them that it's, you know, it's probably best for you. You don't want to be here, et cetera. Yeah. And some people need a little push, et cetera. But the other thing is it's been told to me by people who I really do admire as managers. You don't have to get rid of people you don't like just yeah. because you don't like them doesn't mean that you have to get rid of them in other words because they may actually do something very essential and so be it they don't they don't, if, even if they don't like you you might want to keep them on it's worth considering yeah that's just but I mean, again i'm not in that position yet you know i'm still someday, i'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the they, call right when they make the two of us yeah, CEO. yeah, yeah that's it that's you it. need this emotional oh. intelligence oh. over there that man. we can do anyway like the that. thing is that despite all of my travails with cnn i actually do root for a network to have the brand that cnn used to have yeah. i think it was good yeah. it was always a little left of what i would prefer but not what it became during those years that that's right dare i say it might be good for the country to have a, you know like i i don't no. think that's a bad thing a, a just uh related thought we have too many coffee mugs in our house so i have like you know what okay. in one one in one out now i gotta get rid of one so there was like some christmas really when i threw out but then i opened up a drawer and it i collect a lot of sort of news related mugs and i have somehow some way through when i was at the weekly standard 
I have a CNN Crossfire mug. Do you? And it reminds me it's black, you know, Mm -hmm. with the words Crossfire in in, in blue and then CNN in red. And it reminded me of that time. Yeah. And and you had all these great sort of conservatives on there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm talking about even before like Tucker, like, you know, Bob Novak. Yeah. And you had Evans and Novak as well. Uh, And the Capitol Gang. And there's really good stuff on there. So it's it, it it is it is sad to see that and think about it. What it by the way in the movie The Birdcage, there's a scene where Gene Hackman is watching himself on Crossfire because he plays the senator. Yeah, and he's there with I don't know who they got, but Mike Kinsley's there, and they're arguing back and forth. And then and all you hear is them barking at each other. And he goes, "It really is a great show." He says, "Look, I'm glad you spoke up for the mugs." Yes, because I have an old Larry King live mug, and it is the best of mugs. So if there's one thing CNN's got right, it's mug size yes. and weight. Were, uh, how did you, were you on Larry King? I was on Larry King. Live. Oh my gosh. You know what? I think I remember that. Have I, have I never told this story on this, on this podcast? Let me tell it real quick. Yeah. Since we're navel gazing No, today. that's all we're, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Some really, yeah. let me, let me inform you guys about my own career. Yeah, now, okay. Now, now that I spent 24 hours outside the beltway, let me tell, let's go back in. That was really <laughs> scary. Let's go back so, inside. Here's the story. I was like. 25 or 26 when I started doing TV. The reason I started doing TV is simply because I wrote about politics and someone else who got called in, lest you think I have any great qualifications, someone else who had been called in to do a CNN hit could not do it. And so they suggested me. And I said, well, I've never done this before, but I will give it a shot. And so I went over and did a daytime hit on CNN about something in the 2006 Mm -hmm. elections. And it went fine. I didn't crash and burn. It turns out I can talk to a black hole and pretend it's a person. Yes. Hi. And that's the main yes. skill the you need to have. Mm-hmm. So I did that. The next day I get a call. It is the eve of the 20, 2006 election, midterm election. And the CNN producer says, can we have you on Larry King Live for our panel? And I said, you realize I've only done TV once, right? <laughs> and they said, So anyway, do you want to do it? And I thought to myself, I should say no. I don't think I am qualified for this. I'm going to be on with David Gergen, who served like nine presidents. (laughs) And I am a 26-year-old little lady. And I, no, and I said to myself, but you know what? This is Washington, D.C. And this town is built on 20-somethings doing things they are Mm -hmm. woefully unqualified for. No, that's 100% true. And I went for it, and you know what I did? I went on Larry King Live. I told a bunch of jokes. Nobody laughed. (laughs) Much less Larry. Certainly not Larry. And I took that mug with me when I left. I have some thoughts for you. (laughs) And then we can move on, because this is a navel-gazing episode. The first thought is, it's true, because the way to think about it is, like a normal person would say, a normal nice reasonable person would say no i'm not going on what do i know more right. than anybody else? Right. i don't right. know it as and you know any more differently than whatever guy on the street and but when you're in the city inside the beltway the thought is of course if i don't do it some other 26 year old will <laughs> who probably knows less and so you might as well just do yeah, it okay? i tried to take That's the job fairly seriously and Good. get my facts Good. correct you you did better than me the the closest i got to cnn was doing a couple hits on cnn fn and I think after I appeared, the that particular channel died. So that's the first thing. <laughs> well, you know, and you have a you have a track record. With I do. That. I do have a track record with that. Okay. And then so my last thought was you talked about the Larry King mug. Yeah. At least you got to keep that. I would have. I asked, still use it to this day. I, I would have asked for the Larry King charcoal pouch that I assumed he sits on. 
Uh, that's a joke for some people. If you know what I'm talking nope. about, nope. know what I'm, I'm talking about. You'd only you'd be the only person to confirm. Oh no, but you weren't there. Were you able to be there in person? On the yeah, oh. we were in person. Okay. We were in person. Did you hear any other and noises? I probably shouldn't have taken that mug. You know what? I didn't know. I was a oh, rookie. I would totally take I the mug. I was a rookie. Come on. You're supposed to take the mug. Anyway. Okay. Someday one of my children's going to break it and I'm going to be like, ooh, try not to cry. I wonder if that clip is available anywhere. It's so old. You should look for it. So mm-hmm. old. Okay. That's enough of that news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's what everybody's talking about. That, that's right. That's right. Chris Lick just moving his... Moving his office back where it belongs. What he's talking about here. Down with the people. Yeah. Within this range of zip codes is what everyone's talking about. Hey, it. this is what dictates what news gets That's created that gets pushed It's out. important about who's going to control this. Again, mm-hmm. we are subject to this yeah. contest yeah, that yeah. I referenced earlier yeah. with an obscenity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. Okay. Let's do COVID. COVID news. It's the year of our Lord, 2023. Did you, have I told you, did I mention on the podcast that I saw a picture of a Marine recruit out in San Diego having, all of them having to wear masks outdoors in San Diego? I'm sure it's a California thing. Now though, when was the picture taken? It was this summer. Oh, come on. Come on, people. Anyway. I thought, I thought he's the, I thought California is the land of the free. Isn't that what Gavin Newsom says? Oh, it's so free there. You have no idea. Okay. So Mandy Cohen is the new pick for CDC. Mm-hmm. Let's let's learn a little bit about her. President Joe Biden's choice for the new Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Chief is a telegenic authoritarian straight from liberal central casting. This is an opinion piece in yes. the New York Post. <laughs> he selected Mandy Cohen, thanks in large part to her five-year performance as North Carolina's health secretary. By the way, this is me interjecting. North Carolina, when it came to school openings, performed at the bottom of the pack, I would say like 15th or so from the bottom of the 50 states. Yeah. Partly because they had a Democratic governor, and it turns out this lady <laughs> running things. Oops. Choosing Cohen confirms Team Biden has learned nothing and forgotten nothing about COVID. Politico says Cohen was picked in part for the broader political dynamics of an administration gearing up for Biden's reelection run. The bottom line is, this is not somebody who's going to reform any of the, again, we have a theme, hubristic problems no. over at the CDC. And we have some tape of her oh. showing that... Yeah. We're, we're not getting anything in that vein at all. This is Mandy Cohen recalling how she and her colleagues came up with COVID mandates and bans while she was the North Carolina health director. Are you ready for this? This is she's chatting. Clearly, clearly she's among peers here because yeah. she's being very cash about the robbing of civil liberties <laughs> from normal people. Let's play a little bit of this. So I would call probably the person I called most was the secretary of health and human services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you gonna let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was really like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, everybody can't be outside. Oh my goodness, watching Let's hear a game little more. Because... Um, so, uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you gonna think about lightening up a mess? They're like, so like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. <laughs> there you go. So that's like the science-based Yeah, there's a lot of science Reasoning here. that she used to come so up with this. So much science. Uh, yeah. I just, this is one clip in her oeuvre. Yeah. I'm sure there or other things where she sounds more reasonable. This epitomizes yeah. the issue it sums it up. with COVID bureaucrats who are just chitty-chatting yeah. on the phone 
about what civil liberties people can have during this time. Mm-hmm. They're unelected. Right. These are not elected people. When it comes to the mask mandate here, there's no reason cited that Monday would be a better day than any other day, right? That's it's not even suggested that that should be part no, of the conversation. No, it's arbitrary. Yes, yeah. it is it is designed to be arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy the phrasing, are you going to let them have? Yes, because they have that power. That's the great thing about the COVID emergency powers because it gives you this ability to yeah, go out. You're just a freaking emperor. Yeah, no, that's what you are. And we they gonna... like it. It feels nice. And the other thing is you can be as strict as you want. The, the, the rules will not apply to you. Right, of course. Of right. course. No, are you going to let them have is very telling mm-hmm. to me. That's a, that's a and, very uh, good point. I'm not excited about having are you going to let them have, lady. Have at Behead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dang, that was a better line than sorry, I Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Behead of the CDC. She's also just very nonchalant about this. Yeah. Right? It, this is the thing that we're supposed to take deadly seriously. Yeah. And if we don't comply with every little thing chatty mcmandy mm-hmm. here has to say on the phone with her fellow health department heads if we don't agree violently with everything yeah. she's taking away from us and thank her for protecting us we're bad people but she can just laugh it up about all the things that we're missing out on you know she also tried to push through a ban on alcohol sales after 9 p.m because again arbitrary yeah you know 8:59, it's safe 901 the COVID comes out of the liquor stores. Yeah. That's that's the thing. But no, it also sounds like, you know, the kind of person who doesn't choose to be held accountable. And I don't think the administration wants to. It, she, it, she'd be right in line with this administration and say, why do we need to look back at the past? Yeah. You yeah. know, why do we need to do that? We and, just need to look forward. And to me, you know, looking forward for her likely includes being excited to impose similar limitations on american citizens in the future on who knows what grounds because this these grounds are not good by the way there's also a video of her in in june of 2020 walking into a public meeting maskless despite the mandates that she advocated for and of course before the before she thinks the cameras come on she puts on her mask because that's how it works of course how yeah you know it was all as i always said we're in this together asterisk like, we're yeah. not all in this. Together. No, do you remember when Joe Biden would be walking from Marine One and he talked to the press? He would take the mask off to talk to the press. And then as he walked away, he puts the mask back on. You know, I mean, that's the. So, I mean, again, it makes us. And she also, by the way, she did own a mask that had Anthony Fauci. Oh, yes. On her that. mouth. Can His we... face was on her face. And, and And of course, she also said that, you know, she had on good authority that the vaccine will protect you from ever getting COVID. So. Oh, that too. Look at that, and that's a, that's a thing that a lot of people said, and I can, a, look, I can a, allow yeah. for the fact that maybe you thought that at the beginning. What I cannot be okay with is not reckoning with the fact that you were wrong and you were yeah. really awful Please to reckon. a bunch of people. Please reckon. And the other thing is, look, early on, fair. We didn't know a lot about how this thing was spread. Everybody was scared. Everybody was worried about contact surfaces. Do you remember this? And spraying everything yes, yes. down, including your spray mail, that mail, whatever it was. Yeah, you got to spray, spray, spray the mail, leave it in the garage for a day. But there are some people who knew more than others, and she would have been in that position. Yes. As yes. well as Dr. Anthony But it's Fauci. just too fun no. that's to, it. Use, to use your power. Yeah. So, so who knows Who knows what that, that means? I will tell you this. I was in the hospital yesterday visiting a friend, a, a fellow knight of Columbus, who, who, an older fellow who took a nasty spill down the stairs. Oh, no. So he was in the ICU. So went to visit him, and I fully came prepared 
with all the I had to I had to find masks by the way because it's like where do I keep them anymore? Yeah. I still had Who some knows? in my in my briefcase. So I found a couple, walked in, but as soon as I walked in, I noticed not just visitors but staff, doctors, nurses with our masks in the ICU in the nurses station. So I found that to be very encouraging okay. because that's the way it was before COVID. And obviously, if, if other people are more susceptible, then they will protect themselves. But even when we visited our friend, he didn't have a mask. We didn't. I mean, the, his injury is unrelated to COVID, right, obviously. Right. But I thought that is a positive sign, and, and, and I hope so. Yeah, I hope, I hope we're so we're hitting too. in that direction. Much like with CNN, you would think not because, like, I talk a bunch of junk about major news media and mm-hmm. the CDC. But I would like them to be trusted. Right. Like, I think it's better for society. Right. If you put someone in charge of the CDC who's not seen laughing about just taking away people's civil civil liberties Mm -hmm. like it's no big deal. Oh, I would like to say also, I appreciate the governing bodies of football. Most importantly, the SEC and the NFL on two different, you know, levels of football for doing what it took to get back on the field. They did it with a mind towards the data. They did it with some actual science with an acknowledgement that outdoor transmission was not this huge problem that we were led to believe it might be. And they put themselves out there in a time when it was hard to do that. They had testing regimes. They had all sorts of stuff. I appreciate them making that effort. I think they did more good for society by bringing back football than a lot of local health bureaucrats who were just using their power to take things away from people and demoralize them and, and scaremongering, know, mess up businesses and mess up schools and people all that were kind of people stuff. were convinced that everyone who went to these stadiums were all going to die. Do you remember? Oh yeah, this? no, that was a thing. Millions. I, and when this started happening, by the way, the SEC, I believe it was UConn, was the first university to say we can't play football. We have to be very careful. We can't yes. play football. All these twenty-somethings are going to drop dead on the field. That is the Yukon administrator's voice. That's how it sounds. It was Yukon, and Yukon then started a bit of a domino effect because everyone went, Oh, you had Mm -hmm. to be as as careful as Yukon. We can't let somebody be more careful. Gretchen Whitmer, if you remember that. Right. We can't let somebody be more careful than us. So, like, I think the Big Ten was next, and they're like, No, we are not going to play a season of football. And I don't remember, I think I said it in print or or Mm -hmm. publicly, and I said, (laughs) The SEC is going to play football, guys. And everyone was like, no, 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 no. It's going to get canceled. I was like, the SEC is going to play football in 2020. And they did it with limitations. And I I also said to people, like, it's fine. Like, the SEC is going to win the national championship anyway. We'll just play each other if no one else plays. And it'll still be a legitimate national championship. So I, But I really appreciate the organizations that put themselves out there and did that in ways big and small. And, you know, I think of friends back in 2020 who had to make calls about whether like children's Sunday school could meet. And these are just volunteers for churches who made the right call yeah. in places like Georgia and Florida yeah. and said, you know what? We can, we can do this. Yeah. We could do it. And we messed up by not doing it. Yeah. So Big anyway, time. just put the head of the SEC. I'm just, just Kirby smart CDC. He's already in Georgia. He's the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for the rest of us. Okay. okay. Can we do a little 2024? Uh, sure. Just a, just a sure. quick, quick clip. Senator Tim Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, He yeah. went on The View. Into the lion's den. Yeah. What do you think about the advisability of just going on The View, period? It's funny. Before I knew that he was actually going, I thought to myself, for all this abuse this poor guy is getting from these co-hosts and saying the awful things that they were saying about him. Right. I said, well, I kind of want to see him on there as hostile an environment as that is. 
And then I found out he was going, but I actually did not have the strength to watch it live. Okay, well, let's first listen to the clip of Joy Behar saying the, oh. the terrible thing. Yeah. This is before he was yeah. on the show. Yeah, yeah, here we of go. Of course. She's got some stuff to teach us. He's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get it. No, she gets it, by the way. Joy gets no, it. No, Joy gets it. Joy gets it, but Clarence Thomas. No, Clarence Thomas, who grew up in Jim Crow, yeah. Georgia, yeah. in a neighborhood called Blood Bucket. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding you. Mm-hmm. And Tim Scott, who grew up poor, with a single mom, black in South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it, says Joy Behar. So, and Clarence Thomas raised by his grandparents. Yes, of course. So, so, and I believe also weren't they? They're Gullah, like they're mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. indigenous. Yeah. It's like as more minority as you can get. And they're just like, no, no. you don't count. You don't count. Okay. So here's Tim Scott joining the show. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me answer the uh, question that you've answered. Or does it even exist in your mind? Let me me, uh, answer the question this way. One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. It imagine. Is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state uh, in my home city. Uh, the police chief is an African American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African American. Still in exceptions. 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15 percent employment in the African American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under five percent. Forty percent. Homelessness and fifty percent of fifty percent of the folks get, in our community get thirteen percent of the population. You had a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful. So I'm going to do the that same is thing. True. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a on a sidewalk. A white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America because he believed that having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look. Just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. I just wanted to let, let him yeah, just let him yeah, go. No, and I, I can I imagine what she was going to say was so America has met its quota. Is that what she was going to say? Something to that effect. Her, I don't even want to know. Let's let her finish. Know. And for us to so suggest. America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. Now, this is the difference between conservatives. This is why I can't watch it. It's too upsetting. I'm I know. Just like, oh, all right. First of all, I just wanted to let him have 
yes his moment because that's beautifully no said and the issue for me with a lot of progressive thought is that it requires ignoring and erasing progress in order to be progressive yeah and i am not willing to do that no because that 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 cuts against their victim right but, well so. like you for instance this is a much lighter example but there's always like whenever like when wonder woman comes out they're like my gosh, it's so great to have a strong but female lead. We've finally nev- we've, we've never literally had literally never yeah. had one yeah. before. Yeah. And I'm like, female did, director. Have, did y'all yeah. meet like Princess Leia? Yeah. She was like a total badass. <laughs> it was 1979. I don't know. I'm just saying, or maybe even earlier. Was it earlier than 77 was 77. Star Wars? Yeah. And we have to erase mm-hmm. the accomplishments of people before now in order to emphasize how, how otherwise how short America has fallen. Yeah. And it's like. Well, that doesn't do us any good. So he's making an argument that, look, progress has been made. I want to measure that progress and honor that progress and know that we can move forward and progress more. That that seems no. nice. Yeah. Versus the the alternative, which is to teach our young people, of course, that the United States is inherently racist. Well, and that you have no agency. Yeah, that's right. That it, because the world is imperfectly right. shaped, right, as mm-hmm. it always will be, right. that doesn't mean we give up hope on making it better. But because there, the thesis is because things do not exactly match the promise in mm-hmm. every single way that the progressive mind mm-hmm. can conceive of, there is no agency for you. There is no shot for you. It, it, you're not going to be Tim right. Scott. And it's like, well, no, you, you actually could be Tim Scott. Yeah. Or, or you don't have to be Tim Scott. You can chase a different dream and there right. are chances out there. Because the co-host's message is that's not going to be you. Right. He's an exception. And he's saying that's if everybody, a bad If everybody thought that. That's the problem. I just don't know if that makes any difference that he was on. I mean, maybe it was a ratings bump for the view, but he certainly is not changing any minds of the co-hosts. I will and say, I don't know about the audience. I'm not so sure. This is maybe a rare situation where going on the view is worth the slings and the air, slings and arrows, just for the moral good of yeah. making the other side of the argument right. Because this yeah. that argument from Joy Behar is so detestable. Yeah. And so wrong coming yeah. from her yeah. in particular. You notice that they put yeah, Sonny she, well, she was not Hostin there interviewing him. Not she Joy. was not there. Yeah, it's so gross that I think it needs rebuttal, and it's not going to get rebuttal mm-hmm. on the View unless he goes there to do it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I think he's great at communicating these things. There was also another major. Not speaking of media navel gazing, there was another major piece about the View that the the headline was like, "What happens when there's only one View on the View?" Oh, that's a great line. Yeah, it's a great headline. The the audience, of course, was not really receptive. He got booed at some point, and then Whoopi had to shush them for booing. Well, uh, good for no, her. No booing, but we obviously know how they feel because at this point, it's no longer, you know, the Barbara Walters view from 25 or whatever years ago. Yeah. It becomes very self-selecting to the point that Tim Scott would have probably had a much more receptive audience if he was on the Bill Maher show. No, really? Right? Real time? For right. real. <laughs> Easily. That's how crazy things are. Easily. Okay. All right. Well, good on him for going in. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's exposure of a kind. <laughs> I, I do think there's people in that audience who are like stay at home moms who are watching this show at 11 o'clock or is it it's giving them pause. And and they're going, I hope oh, that's an interesting messenger at mm-hmm. the very least. Mm-hmm. Like, who is right? this guy? He exists. Um, OK, quick, quick, quick etiquette discussion yeah, before we head out. This is Charles Barkley talking to Shaq about technology etiquette hey the ball goes further we play tomorrow it's gonna affect them i cannot wait to play you tomorrow because 
You be sending me videos of your swing. Be FaceTime me. You know dudes don't FaceTime each other. That's inappropriate. <laughs> really? Dudes don't FaceTime each That's other, man. Right? Dudes don't FaceTime each other. All right, Chuck. Okay, just telling you. But, no, my ball was going for the shout-out uh, to everybody. Today, uh, the great Peyton Manning and his guys, they were great to me. The pros were great. All the fans were great. So Shannon Sharp went on a rant about it and said, what grown man FaceTimes with another grown man? I ain't trying to see you like that, Sharp exclaimed. Okay, so what's your take, Vic? They're right. <laughs> okay, I don't need to see... if. I don't need to look at another dude's face to talk to them. Like, hi, how are you? My daughter, you know, when she was like two weeks uh, last summer in Connecticut with my in-laws, you know, she missed us. Want to go on FaceTime? Wonderful. It's adorable. She gets to see us, our faces. We get to see her face. Hi, how are you? Very nice. Other than that, we have a friend, somebody that you and I know. I will not mention his name here. When we were more working remote than you know, like a year or two ago. Right. He would occasionally FaceTime me just to chat. And so I'd have to put the phone up on my laptop and just stare at him and talk. (laughs) And there's something really weird about this because it it also reminded me of these pandemic happy hours, Zoom happy hours that we would do. Yes. I think we all have a little triggering from that. Yes. The intention was good, but it does require so much more work. I felt like the conversations were just more labored. Because it's like you feel like, as opposed to just here in the studio right now, we're look, we're all looking at each other and talking normally without any barrier. That's great. But on the Zoom thing, it almost felt like you were performing or entertaining. Yeah. And so it, it just felt like it was harder to do that. It's just not pleasant. What do you think, Mary so, Catherine? And about, what about women FaceTiming women? So I think I agree with this, and women. I'm not sure why. Like, why does it feel like a gendered thing that dudes shouldn't FaceTime other dudes? You're saying yeah. that for a woman, you would FaceTime another woman. Like, how, I don't. How here, here's the thing. I'm very anti-FaceTime in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, it applies to both genders. I yeah. don't particularly want to be FaceTiming anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to be Zooming anyone. Uh, however, you know, it happens occasionally. Or my husband and I will FaceTime, obviously, if he's mm-hmm. traveling. That's like we FaceTime the grandparents, that kind of thing. But in general, I don't like it, especially like the when I when the kids FaceTime and I feel like I need to police like, oh, stop, sh- stop giving them motion sickness and stop showing your forehead. Like, let's look into the yeah. thing. It just feels like a lot. And I don't want to do it. The last instance I had of a FaceTime experience, mm-hmm. some of our older contributors who I really love, again, people you know, but they don't realize it's FaceTime. Yeah. So I know it is. So I turned it on and I'm staring at somebody's You're ear. To someone's ear. I'm looking at the ear. Yeah. So <laughs> don't need that. Okay. Right. So we're anti-FaceTime. Yeah. All right. In Good. general. We're all, yes. All right. We're on, we're on board, Good. Charles. Shaq, quit FaceTiming people. I have clarification. Okay. We got a fair amount of feedback about our discussion of cold brew. Okay. <laughs> including from our one of our faithful listeners, Aaron Cromar. But also Brad Palumbo listens to the oh, show. Oh, Brad. Brad hi. Big li- fan. Yes. He listens. He loves the of show. Him, I'm saying. Loves, I'm a fan of him. Love, loves the show. And he, he explained in part about cold brew. You actually, quote, you actually steep water in the grounds in the fridge overnight and let it soak in instead of brewing it like regular coffee. It's strong because it spends more time seeping than a regular brew, which just passes through. All right. That so, makes sense to me. There you go. And that sounds also, like science. It sounds scientific. Brad for CDC head. There, there you go. Yeah. By the way, he has his own podcast called Based Politics. Check it out. Well, look at that. Yeah. Promo. 
<laughs> also, a happy D-Day. Well, if you're listening to this, happy D-Day plus one. 79 years ago today, Tom Hanks lost his life while saving Matt Damon. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, a salute yeah. to our forces. It's one of my dreams to go to Normandy. I've oh, that's been. on my bucket list is yeah. Normandy. 100%. All right. In Deauville and the whole thing. The whole thing. Uh-huh. St. Lowe. I want to do the whole thing. Thanks, guys, who okay. saved the world. Thank you. We appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. And we have at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram that you can follow. You will see videos and pictures of us there. I will share them as well. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>